Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I'm your host, Glasser Crossfield, and we are changing the world one podcast at a time. Our wonderful guest, please introduce yourself. Hey, my name's Avery. I have my own business called ARC English. It's basically just to help people um, improve their English skills, whether it's ESL, English as a second language, or um, people who speak English as a native speaker. And yeah, it's basically it. Where does your love of the English language stem from? Um, my motivation really to help people with their English, well, without giving you my whole life story, um, it basically came from my own anecdotal experiences, uh, because I was born and raised in, well, the country of Canada consists of English speaking regions and French speaking regions. So basically I was born and raised in one of the English speaking regions. And um, I basically moved to Montreal, Quebec, if you know where that is, mm-hmm. which is one of the French speaking regions in Canada. So initially I moved for basketball because I was a basketball player, I got a scholarship to play at McGill University. And then after that, I decided to uh, stick around just to work and live in Montreal. And you're at a very big disadvantage if you don't know the French language. Mm. you're trying to get a job in Montreal. So I had to learn the French language and through a lot of bad anecdotal experience and a ton of mistakes, it was very difficult. It took me years. So basically my mission is just trying to make sure um, English learners uh, don't have to suffer all the mistakes I made. And if I can save them time and just make their lives easier. Do Would you say French is a much harder language to learn than English? Well, I'm biased, so yes, I'll say that, but honestly, you can make arguments for both. You can make arguments that the French grammar is more complicated because there's a ton of exceptions to every single rule, and it's something you just have to get with time and experience. But you could easily argue that English is harder because if you're learning English out of a textbook in a foreign country, and then you come to somewhere like New York, for an example, and people speak a little bit differently, then um, it's almost as if you don't know the language, <laughs> even though you might have been learning it for uh, for years. So have you always figured that your career path would be this, what you're doing now? Not at all. I never, never imagined I'd be doing this. Um, it's really just a passion project right now. I mean, actually, I studied economics in school, and then I'm working in real estate right now. It's not even in the field whatsoever. This is something I'm literally just doing. Um, basically, the inspiration came from my anecdotal experiences, all the challenges that face trying to learn a new language, and uh, I'm just trying to solve that problem for people trying to learn English. Um, are there any other languages that you know, or is there just strictly English and French? Just strictly English and French. I'm thinking I might start to learn Spanish pretty soon and try, um, now that I can look back in hindsight, see everything I did wrong, I'm gonna experiment and see if I do everything right the next time and see um, how that progress goes. You being bilingual, has it opened doors? Um, Cause you know, they say that, you know, people that are bilingual have way more access to jobs, better jobs, jobs that make more money because there's not many people that speak to depends where it's case by case like in montreal yes it opens a ton of doors um 
everybody in a high level in Montreal is bilingual. They have the ability to speak in English or French um, whenever it's appropriate. But if you're going to somewhere like the States, um, being bilingual or knowing more than one language, it could be a plus, but I wouldn't say that it's required. I'd say that's a lot more applicable to countries and particular cities that are very multilingual. There's actually a market for the people who um, speak the language that you're trying to learn. What would you say is the most common English mistake that people make? Most common English mistake, that depends on what their native language is. So for an example, uh, among French speakers, some of the most common errors that they make would be pronouncing plural words in English. Because in French, the plural and the singular words are similar. So for an easy example would be an apple in French is une pomme. Some apples in French would be des pommes. Pom is still pronounced the exact same way, whether it's singular or whether it's plural. So when they try to learn English, they have that lifelong habit of pronouncing words the same, whether they're singular or plural. So they might just say apple instead of apples. And they'll do that with all their plural words. That's a very common error that French people make. And then with, uh, and they refuse to pronounce the letter H. Don't, I don't, I'm not sure why, but they, uh, they, they can't pronounce the letter H to save their life sometimes. And then in New York, I'm sure you've heard like some Spanish speakers, I guess. A classic one is like me no English instead of I don't speak English. It's just because their grammar is so different than the English language. It's uh, so the most common error that's just going to be different depending on what the person's native language is. Got you. What's the most common spelling mistake? It's called a spelling mistake. Mm. It's, it's the same answer. It depends what their native language is. So for French people, they spell plural words wrong as well in emails at work. It's uh, it's the same thing. It's like case by case. Uh, I feel like the, the, the scammers from other countries send you those emails. Yeah. <laughs> <So many laughs> grammar mistakes, man. Wow. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Is it like? So you said the whole apple, apple thing. So it'll be like, I have a lot of apple instead of I have a lot of apples. You'll hear that. You'll hear French people say I have stuff. Like apple. You'll hear French people say stuff like that. Yeah. It's weird. That yeah, is. it is. It's it's just it's just the grammatical differences, and that's what I tell everyone I try to help learn. I say to start before you can even learn like how to speak, listen, read, and write. Like, it's crucial that you have a deep understanding of the differences between your native language and the English language, particularly the grammatical differences. Because if you don't have any understanding of that, you're just bound to run into these common errors and speak broken English pretty much. So you need to lay out the foundation first and then build from there. And it's gonna be, it's gonna, the end result's gonna be much better. How do you feel when someone uses the wrong your or their? For me personally, it drives me mad. So I can only imagine what it does for you. Yeah, that, that's a result of not like laying the foundation right. <clears throat> because there's a lot of different ways to learn a language. Obviously, like the way we learn the English language, we just know it by heart because we have a lifelong experience of speaking it. But if you're someone who is trying to learn it as a second language as an adult, 
um, you have to study small details such as that there and there like a lot more meticulously. But I, I'm talking about English first language people <laughs> messing stuff. <laughs> it blows my mind. Uh, well, I don't want to get too deep into it. There's a lot of deeper issues for that. I think um, in certain parts, particularly in America, more so than Canada, there are um, a lot of educational institutions that have failed <laughs> really badly. So mm. some people who grow up in some really bad pockets of America uh, just okay. receive a very terrible education <laughs> in general. Uh, half my family is actually from Florida. A lot of them are, come from Miami, Florida. So um, yeah, you can definitely see the differences when I travel back and forth. How do you teach, how do you teach someone who already speaks English how to speak English better? They have to reform their grammar. They have to reform their grammar and that before they can really start to practice all the four skills properly. What are the four skills? Tell them to start. Yeah. What are the four skills? Uh, just speaking, listening, reading, writing, essentially. And then they all come together. Yeah, my grammar, I know can use a little work. Uh, I'm, I'm comma happy. I use a lot of commas in my writing. A whole bunch of commas, man. I feel like the, the sentence doesn't end there, so why, uh, you know, just keep it going. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of that too, and then, yeah, it's, uh, to pick up habits too, it's hard because sometimes when you make small mistakes, sometimes people don't really correct you on it, which could be another challenge too. And I, I think that's where the school system messes up in America a lot, where it's like, you know, he's in second grade there and there, not that big of a difference. We're not going to penalize him too much. And then, you know, you do that for grades one through 12, and he don't know the difference no more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah, education is important, man. It's, it's so influential. So influential. Yeah. Could you, um, could you date someone that's not... <laughs> Literate? Yeah. Would that really drive you crazy? Like, nah, I've never been put in that position before. <laughs> we we were. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 no. It's so rare because man, where I come from, well, it's not comparable to New York, like whatsoever. Like uh, where I come from, it's a smaller city called Winnipeg, Manitoba. I grew up in like a all white Jewish neighborhood. There's really not a lot of uh, diversity, at least where I grew up. So, um, do you, hard to say. Do you often c correct people? Like, I know me personally, you know, <laughs> I correct people through text and like on like in conversation as well. Do you do that? Uh, not in a casual setting, though. No. Only when I'm helping someone who's like serious about improving their English. If they DM me on IG and they're serious, like, give me the formula, like, how can I get better? What I'm doing right now isn't working. Then, of course, I'll, like, have conversations with them. I'll correct them. But if I'm texting a buddy or something, like, no, no, no. Got you. So you turn you turn it off. You turn off the uh, politically correct yeah. when you, okay, when you're in casual situations. Okay. For sure, for sure. What are some of the best tips to become a, a better writer? The best tips to become a better writer. 
Um, for writing, I usually only advise ESL students, not people who speak English as a first language, really, um, just because I have a lot to learn in that department, too. I'm constantly learning. So most of the people I advise are speaking English as a second language. And what I tell them is basically you should create, you should just use the notes app on your phone or a diary or something, and you should express your thoughts every single day written. And you should also be practicing reading it out loud to actually train your mouth to pronounce the words correctly too. And that repetition will actually wash over. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played basketball before, but it's like learning to shoot a ball for the first time. You got to get reps pretty much. and once you get reps it's like when you catch the ball you don't even think about it you just shoot you just let it fly when you're learning how to speak a language and even write it too when you get those reps um doing it correctly of course after you've set the foundation then um that'll improve your writing that'll improve your you you had mentioned that you had got a scholarship to play ball but um it seems um, was that something that you ever wanted to make a career career out of? Yeah, after university, I tried to go pro overseas. I got an agent. Um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. It was really competitive. Uh, every team, they got like 10,000 options, um, like a million players all DMing them, a bunch of agents all DMing them. So yeah, just the competition. I ended up getting one offer for Division Five in France, which is a really low league. Um, with the current job I had, though, it didn't really make sense logistically. It would have been a really bad living situation, and you wouldn't really get paid much at all. Um, so it was actually a hard decision to make because I really did love the game of basketball, but um, I just decided that uh, in that particular situation it wasn't exactly what I wanted to get out of the, uh, the experience. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the best tips to become a better listener? I think that's an important one. Mm. So I get into debates with some other teachers about this as well. Um, a lot of debates about whether it's better to listen to podcasts, which simulate like more realistic English conversations like the ones we're having right now mm. versus watching TV shows and dramatic movies. <clears throat> and my argument is I think podcasts or just real life conversing is a lot better because it's more applicable and it's more relevant. But when you're listening to TV and dramas, some of the times they say, uh, they say things that you'd almost never hear in real life or very rarely hear in real life. So I'm really against that. I say you need to listen to podcasts and it's always best if you have subtitles too, because you can simultaneously practice your listening and your reading. And also you get, when you're reading it, you get to see exactly the context in which certain words are used. Because in English, there's a lot of homonyms. There's a lot of words that have the same pronunciation or the same spelling, but they mean completely different things. So I think it's very important, at least starting out, to listen to realistic English conversations with subtitles so they can get the context and it's the most efficient way to practice your listening and your reading at the same time. I think with shows is more visual and with the podcast be more uh, audio. I don't know the word, but audio, you know what I'm trying to say, audio. Yeah. I think that that would be definitely more beneficial to listen to the podcast. Well, yeah. 
I guess a pro about that is I always say you need to associate imagery to the words that you're listening to. If you try to translate in your head, because the grammar is so different between languages, it's probably not going to work. It's always better if you can actually associate an image in your head to a, a word in another language, for sure. I, I know I know somebody who's a French uh, speaking first, and they learn English through watching shows. Like that was it where they were just watching tv shows yep it's it's totally feasible i just uh personally i wouldn't recommend it when i had to learn french i found it yeah i'd watch the french tv show or movie especially in quebec because the whole dialogue of french is way different like um they never ever say half of the things they say in these tv shows or movies like, mm. speak entirely different like entire different um choice of words yeah. can you say a at all a not really that's something that hockey players say <laughs> uh, I, I, when i asked you if you're canadian i noticed you said a yeah i probably do out of habit because i grew up yeah you know you probably got me <laughs> can you say about for me hmm? about about Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Canadians always give it away, man. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. You don't speak like uh, all the New Yorkers I hear, actually. <laughs> like the Jack Armstrong. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. It's an announcer for Toronto Raptors. It speaks like a heavy New York accent. That's interesting. Yeah. Is the is the S or the C silent in scent? S for the C sign scent, but I couldn't tell you that. Man. <laughs> oh wow! S for the C sign scent. I guess I'd say the C is. Yeah. Yo, he's thinking hard. Look at. Him. <laughs> I guess I'd say C, but. No, but I actually um I googled it and they say the S and the C kind of work like in the word science, so okay. actually neither of them are silent. Okay. Because it oh. kind of rolls off the other. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I literally Googled it yesterday. I, I, I was curious. Why did you end up starting TikTok? TikTok, well, I'm trying to build a platform that's going to connect um, English tutors and teachers with English students because I, I don't have the time to tutor people one-on-one -on -one and stuff. I'm trying to build a platform to facilitate that for all the other people I know in the space. So um, I'm trying to use social media as a vehicle to drive traffic to that as a way of like, I guess, free advertising, but I'm still trying to figure out social media. I, I'm consulting some people who are really good with it. I'm basically just following their advice right now. And um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out and just basically use it to drive people to the platform once it's ready. Um, that's really the reason why I started on uh, social medias. What are some of the best ways to sound more sophisticated in your speech? Well, I'd actually, for most people, I'd argue against that. I'd say like less is more, honestly. Mm. I'd actually argue less is more um, when you speak in a more simple manner, it's more universal. If a Chinese person or a Russian person meant to do a business transaction and they're speaking English, they're going to try to use simple and universal terms mm. as opposed to rarely used words. I'd only say um, 
maybe would be more applicable in like a very formal setting, like if it's for school or something, maybe school, maybe an important like business meeting, but otherwise, especially where I come from too in Montreal, especially knowing that a lot of people don't speak English as a first language, we purposely try to make things simple and vice versa. When I speak French with French people, they also try to make it simple and use universal terms so we can all understand each other and be sure about that. What's the most interesting thing that you've learned uh, when realizing the different way, the different speech patterns of Providence to Providence and country to country? Right. From province, province, country to country would be the um, hmm. most interesting thing. I'm not sure. The different accents, of course, and their different choices of words. I can't say, well, obviously I'm biased, so I'm going to say I like the Canadian form of English the best, as opposed to like the <laughs> UK, the States. Oh, no, UK. Crazy, but I'm just more like, used to it. I kind of hate British English, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the French in Quebec, it's sort of like picture someone from the South in America versus like someone who's British. That's the difference between like, Quebec French and France French. Interesting. Yeah. Well, would it be accepted, like, if you were to go to uh, uh, France and speak the Quebec way of French? Because I know how some countries they're like, oh, we don't really, you know, claim you guys. You're not real French. It's not real. You know yeah. I mean? Like. Yeah, they can all understand each other, but they probably find it funny <laughs> to hear it. Kind of like if a British person came. To my city like I, we actually had a british teammate and we kind of made fun of him for his accent <laughs> <laughs> guy clown him so yeah it's kind of like that but it's weird how that works because a lot of people in quebec kind of envy the french people because of like the good things about france but then a lot of people from france are trying to leave france and come to montreal because they like fantasize about montreal so it's it's kind of weird how no one really appreciates like where they come from. <laughs> they kind of think like the grass is greener on the other side. Every, even works. in the U.S., even in the U.S., we always think the grass is greener. They, yeah. they fantasize about Canada. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's weird because uh, the weather shit in the winter. <laughs> but every Canadian tells me it's it's not all that. <laughs> like not nah, well, Toronto's all right. I probably. It's a good place if you got money, but I wouldn't really like live there. Montreal is probably the best all around because it has the most culture. It kind of feels like you're in Europe, even though you're not. And then uh, Vancouver, Vancouver. That's the, the other option. It would be it's super expensive. There's a lot of Chinese immigrants who are like making like a Chinese sub economy. Like there's like malls and shopping centers and places that are like 100% Chinese, like no English, no French. Um, it's, it's sort of a weird, it's a different mix there. Um, Vancouver's super nice nature wise, but if you're looking for like more of a city vibe, it's definitely Toronto or Montreal, I'd say. Yeah. But the rest of Canada is like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't recommend anywhere else in Canada. Right? No. That's hilarious. Uh, how, how often do you use slang? So I use slang only in 
informal settings with my colleagues at work. They don't speak English as a first language, so they don't understand me when I use slang. Uh, so just informal, in informal situations with my buddies, probably. Yeah. Are are most of your friends? You don't mind me asking. Are most of your are most of your friends black? No, most of them are from the neighborhood I grew up in, so they're Jewish, <laughs> Caucasian. Uh, at my school I went to, like there might have been, there's probably like a thousand kids at the school, and I was probably like one of five black people, one of ten black people. Like it was, there's really not a lot of black people where I come from. But did you ever feel excluded? Um, when I got here. So when I played on basketball in McGill, there are people from a bunch of different places. So, uh, and there are a lot of like black groups and organizations as well. I couldn't really relate, to be honest. I couldn't relate. Like I just, uh, I never identified with any of that growing up, to be honest. So, are you, you couldn't relate to the black groups? Is what you're saying? Hmm? You say you couldn't relate to the black groups? Not really, no. Like. I just had not really like we just had completely different life experiences came up completely differently. Yeah. Are you typically uncomfortable around blacks? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like half my family's black. My mom's side is actually white, but okay. half my uh, half my family's black. So no. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, the answer is no. Since we're already here, uh, do you say the N-word at all? That word, uh, if it's like a joke with my friend or something, yeah, but if I'm sock talking to a stranger, like, not really, no. Never felt like I need to. And people here, like, I've been to New York, I've been to the States back and forth a ton of times. And like, it's, it's, Canada's a lot different, man. Some people say it's, like, a little different. No, like, it's night and day. The way people are. I was even thinking about moving to Miami, actually, because half my family was there. But then just after being there enough times in Miami, it's like, man, it's it's kind of backwards, I find. <laughs> Everyone's value system there, like mm -hmm. the way people talk, the way people walk, the way people date there, the way everything like it's like uh, it's totally backwards from like how I grew up pretty much. Now, my, Miami is a different, I've never seen no ghetto shit like that ever in Miami. So, oh. are you looking for a happy medium? Uh, a combination of where you grew up and kind of something at the other side? Uh, like, the idea of my perfect city would be, like, somewhere just with a lot of diversity. Like, there's people from all around the world coming there, kind of. Like Montreal is an example of that you meet people from the Middle East, you meet people from Africa, you meet people from here, there. Like, you get a you get a good taste of like diversity. Whereas where I grew up, there was not that much diversity. It was all like Caucasian or Chinese or whatnot. But um, I guess New York's a good example of that too, for obvious reasons. It's super diverse there, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah we were going to mention that <laughs> like. New York, like you said, diversity. The first yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has anyone ever said that you talk white? All the time. <laughs> mm. All the time. Why do you think that is? And, and, and real quick, are you are your white friends saying this to you? 
uh, in high school is like my Pakistani friends growing up, like uh, Chinese friends. They tell you like Avery, you're like the the whitest black person I've ever met, <laughs> and it's like. Uh, at first, it was a joke, but as I got older, I was like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. So it's like, <laughs> are black people supposed to like be all the stereotypes that crazy? But, but I'm telling you, you're not alone, but I've gotten that same kind of ridicule from other black people, though. Honestly, yeah. so it's not just limited to just other races. It's yeah. black people. Well, wh why do you think that is? Why do you think... Um, someone who carries himself dign i'm not saying i'm that person but someone yeah. who carries themselves dignified someone who who likes to speak with a certain vernacular why are they then labeled why then why are they then labeled as talking as white almost to say as if only white people can speak like they have an education it's like ignorance it's ignorance and it's like uh of course it's the way they're brought up it's all the influences in their life that goes back to what i said earlier in certain pockets of the states it's there's some really garbage neighborhoods um it's the education's failed them their whole society's failed them but i don't know it's probably intentional they set up the whole area just to keep them in poverty pretty much <laughs> it's like uh it's pretty messed up and that there's a lot less of that in canada i think that's definitely more prevalent in the states from what i've seen at least but um <laughs> The reason why it's just, I don't know, lack of education, maybe ignorance, um, just their experience. And it's usually, yeah, when people say things like these, you can't really get mad because you have to understand it's like, there's deeper things that led to that pretty much. <laughs> Some of those things being? What, well, exactly what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I get these comments on TikTok all the time, Matt. Like, uh, <laughs> I do a video about X, Y, Z, maybe like slang terms or something that are common in Canada. On my TikTok, I only use terms that I've heard before. I'm not going to use anything that I've never heard someone say. And then they'll say, like, um, you're stealing, like, the Black language or you're stealing African-American vernacular English, which I never heard of until someone commented <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've never heard of that until someone commented that actually in my entire life. Uh, but, but yeah, that's it is what it is. Do, do you date uh, black women, or are they your, are they a, a taste for you or no? <laughs> trying to get me canceled. You can live near that many black women, it seems as well, correct? Yeah. So not like. Have I hooked up with black girls before? Sure. <laughs> have I, have I like, okay, look, I've only had like, My freaking two, I probably only had two legitimate relationships in my entire life. Everything else was pretty casual. Only had like two where I'd actually be exclusive, believe monogamy, like I actually uh, was committed. And, um, yeah, one of them was with a white American girl who was coming to McGill. And then the other one is with uh, a girl who's Middle Eastern from Lebanese. So that's that's about it. Yeah. So they're not really a type. 
Whoa, what are you, a freaking lawyer? Oh, you're wrong for this, man. You're you wrong have to for that. <laughs> <laughs> you just want me to say it so badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fed. Okay, I, I honestly, actually, I'm saying this with complete seriousness. Like, I'm not capping when I say this. Like, I, a beautiful girl is a beautiful girl. A good girl is a good girl. Like, it does not matter, like, what color skin they are, man. That's how I was brought up. Like, I swear to God, you could find a girl who's Chinese. You could find a girl who's African. You could find a girl who's French, Spanish, Finnish, Swedish, mm-hmm. uh, South American, Latin. Like, there's oh. always, you can't put everyone in a box. And even if you did, and there are general similarities, there's always an exception to that rule, I guess. Yeah. Is it finished? Like Finland? Yeah, like Finland, yeah. Mm. <laughs> finished? <laughs> <laughs> You're finished? Like, bro, what are you trying to play with me? Uh, you got jokes. Oh, <laughs> he's weak, he's weak. Oh, um, no, you... You want to mute yourself? <laughs> he um he went to school. He was one of like ten black kids at his school. So yeah. I mean, he's yeah, just not like, surrounded by that. He's looking for more diversity. <laughs> I don't know why you try to set him up. <laughs> so I I get it, man. I get it. And you can't win because they ridicule white people for trying to talk black, and then they ridicule black people for trying to talk white. So it's and how's the black person supposed to talk? I'm supposed to just. Yo, yo, yo all day? <laughs> I know, man. And it's not like, I don't mean to like give a conspiracy theory against all that, but like, I don't know, man. I just can't help but notice like when people are kind of divided and kind of fighting against each other, like the gender war or the race war, or whatever it is. There's so many people. I can't help but notice there's so many people profiting from that, man. Like, <laughs> The government probably has incentive on that. Like all the big companies are profiting off of like division pretty much indirectly. I just can't help but think like, is that a coincidence? I don't know. Another thing I would say when it comes to that situation is the the influence in a black community is oftentimes stems from athletes, entertainers, and rappers. So they're, they're looking, they're looking for, okay, well, the black people that we look up to, this is how they speak. So if you don't speak like them, you know, you're not black. And then the white people, they necessarily don't look in that industry as their influence and they speak proper, quote unquote. So that's where, that's why we think, okay, that's how they speak. Yeah, it's, I guess it's like they say that saying, uh, perception's reality. <laughs> It's all you know, I guess. And I guess everyone just knows their experiences, too. So, um, of course, like I said, it's very difficult for me to relate to any of that. Like, if there's someone who, for example, one of my teammates from Toronto. Toronto's a little different. Black people from Toronto, they speak like a, I think it sounds goofy. They speak like a broken patois, basically, like, as right. if they're Jamaican, but they're not. <laughs> And it's like, uh, like Drake kind of. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and it's like. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, my, my teammates who spoke like that, like, I remember when I first got there, I had a teammate. He texted me like, "Yo, what you saying?" And I was like, uh, or WYS or something. I was like, or what you saying? I was like, what, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing?" 
It's like uh, oh. that that's just slang. It's, I don't know, man. It's just I don't know because in Winnipeg, you've never heard someone say that. Like, it's just yeah, it's just your experiences. Um, I, I think that's why diversity is actually important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just beneficial to know this, and I tell people who I help out with their English this as well. I say, um, look, even if you're not going to use the slang. Even if you're not going to use the abbreviations, even if you're not going to use X, Y, Z, it's always beneficial to just understand what it means. If you speak English as a second language and you're in a conversation and one of us uses a slang term, you don't have to speak that way if you don't want to, but at least understand like what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's always beneficial, I think, in my opinion. Do you ever feel the least bit disheartened because you don't really relate to a lot of black kids? Um, Disheartened in like what way? Like I feel regret or? Uh, like like there's a part of you longing to <laughs> to relate to them more? All right. Um, yeah, sometimes I look back and I think um, of how it would be different if I wasn't such a minority if like for an example the school i went to was mostly black people instead of like 10 black people um yeah that could that would definitely change my perception on a lot of things for sure um but it's really hard to tell um because that wasn't my reality growing up it's hard to say it's hard to say and my last question what is your advice for someone trying to become the next ARC English? Well, it's a lot. First of all, like if you want to take an entrepreneurial route or do an entrepreneurial project, as I'm sure you guys know, like it, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not everybody's willing to sacrifice the time. Not everybody's willing to think deep and work around the clock. Not everyone's okay with working like 24-7 or at least having it on their mind 24-7. There's a lot of things you need to look into. There's a lot of help you'll probably need to get along the way too. Don't try to do everything by yourself. Um, Now is probably the best time ever because there's a ton of free information on YouTube, on Google. On TikTok. Exactly. TikTok too. So um, I'd say leverage what's available to you right now, especially using social media like we are. And uh, basically, one piece of game I'll give them is everyone thinks that it's noble or righteous to be very, very original with everything they're doing. But you need to understand if you want to be successful, um, most of the people who are, they take something that's already working and they find a way to make it better. They enhance something that's already working. Facebook was not the first social media. They took something that was working and they made it better. Same thing with Google even. Like at all these big companies were not 100% original. They took something that's working. Absolutely. They added a twist. They added their personality to it and whatnot. That can kind of make it original, but don't try to reinvent the wheel if you're trying to do um, an entrepreneurial project. Do some research, see what pe- there's a demand for, a legitimate demand for, and uh, go from there. At least start there. That is all the questions I have for you. You have been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs>